Welcome back to the Build Plate. My name is Asher, and with me is my co-host, Rainer. Hey, hello, good afternoon, good morning, wherever it is, whatever it is for you guys, sorry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I wrecked my own intro, Asher. Anyways, it is an amazing day out today here in Royal Oak. The temperatures are absolutely phenomenal. I got a run in. We're doing some amazing recording today. Also, Asher, we got some big news today. Today is our 10th episode, and man... We, we didn't even know if we'd make it this far. We talked a little bit last week about some of our goals, our aspirations mm-hmm. for the, the, the podcast. And now, yeah. guess what, man? We're here. We're at episode 10. We are making headway, and people are liking what we're producing. And hopefully this episode, people notice that we've made a few changes to our audio per one of our amazing listeners. Oliver, huge shout-out to you. A keychain is coming your way just for your sheer willingness to help us out on our awesome uh, podcast here. Yeah, I, I totally um, love that we have, you know, listeners in here who are, you know, giving us recommendations. We want to make our podcast better. And you know what? If you're listening and you're a repeater, uh, repeat listener, go ahead and make sure you subscribe and, and listen to us everywhere you listen to podcasts because we like having you here. Also, if your name's Peter, subscribe as well. <laughs> <laughs> so asher what was the brain teaser last week and did anybody have any correct guesses so yeah the brain teaser was how can eight plus eight equal four and unbelievably we had no responses again oh my listeners we need to get more 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 answers out there well anyways do you want to know the answer of course, I want to know the answer. I've been sitting here all week just festering over it. Can you please let me know and bring me up to speed on what the ninth episode brain teaser answer was? Sure, sure. So eight plus eight could equal four if we're thinking about time. So eight a.m. plus eight hours equals four p.m. That's the answer. Oh my goodness, man. That is such a stretch, but I cannot get mad at you because some of my brain teasers, especially the one I have lined up for today, stay tuned till the end of the episode, guys. It is, uh, it's almost equally as stretchy, (laughs) but it's also very, very funny. So I'm excited to let our audience know about this new brain teaser for episode 10. And also, always remember that at the end of each episode, we have a brain teaser. And if you know the answer, you can go ahead and send it in at the billplatepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Let's go, guys. On episode Let's 10, go. who wants to get the answer? Who wants to get the 10th episode Build Plate Keychain? I Come know on. if I'm a listener, wants it. if I'm a listener, that's what I want. I want to get the 10th episode keychain. You know what would be great is if you add like a little 10 on there to make it exclusive. If somebody guesses the brain teaser this week, I will put a little 10 in the upper right-hand corner or bottom, depending on how you look on this, build play keychain, and they will get the one-of-the-kind 10th episode build play keychain. Wow. I can't wait. I Shoot. Am I allowed to guess? 
No, you're absolutely not. You're actually shunned from guessing at uh, all times. <laughs> it sounded like I was like a uh, cast yeah. out from the Amish community. I was you just are shunned. <laughs> <laughs> you're excommunicated from giving any answers ever at any given date. Okay, just get in your buggy and go home. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, okay, shoot. Yeah. Uh, but the weather here in Indiana is, I'm assuming, very similar than it is right there in Michigan. So for those who aren't aware, Rainer and I are co-hosts of a podcast, but we live about four hours away from each other. He lives up, he lives up by Detroit, and I live down here by South Bend, Indiana. And we do this podcast uh, every week. But it looks like you're in running clothes. Did you go running? Yeah, man, I had one of the best runs of my life, and the reason is because I haven't ran in about three months uh, over a mile, and so I, I got out today, and I put some rubber to the pavement, and man, let me tell you, I put down a 5K, not the best time, I'm not going to tell the listeners my time because it's kind of embarrassing, but man, it was a good run, the sun was shining, I turned on some of my alternative music, Green Day, and I just hit the road and I ran like force. Wow. I ran like force faster than I ever did. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> that was the worst. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's so bad. Can you do better. I mean, come on. Uh, life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> no, I guess I can't do much better. I, I think it's great that you're out running. Danielle and I go for a nightly run. Um, well, I would say not nightly, but every other night we go for a short run. Wow. And running yeah, running that. has been great for us. Yeah. So we've been doing that lately. And it's it's I recommend couples do it. I'm going to say it because it brings you closer and you get to do something with your significant Yeah, other. I do run with Gina too. And I just want to mention to our audience, running is one of those things where Sometimes it's a good word and other times it's not a good word. Let's let's just put some situations out there. I went for a run. That's good. That's positive. Yeah. 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 Uh, I ate too much tacos and I have the runs. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I I went to a state park and a bull uh, a buffalo was running towards me. Wow, see this is uh close to the joke. But kind of not there. Uh, I wanted to put. <laughs> I have a cold and my nose is running. Okay. Anyways, this bit is uh, over. I'm not a comedian, but that was funny. It came to my brain right now, and I just had to get it out there. That was a great bit. Yeah. So, what kind of tech things you want to talk about this week? Oh wow! He comes out of the gate asking about <laughs> tech. Well. This is kind of a special episode. It's episode 10. And I decided that instead of just throwing out some abstract tech things that we probably aren't going to be too interested in the next coming weeks, I'm going to talk about something that we've all heard about. Cryptocurrency. Oh, great choice. I'm going to try to my best to explain what it is, how you can make some money off of it, and... Um, what are some other things that come with it? So I will start this amazing episode off with, have you heard of cryptocurrency before? Yes, I have heard of cryptocurrencies. And yes, I do like cryptocurrencies. Uh, I have actually invested in Dogecoin, baby. Dogecoin! And- <laughs> oh, I'm so yes, glad. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> 
cryptocurrencies and this specific one, Dogecoin, is really probably the stupidest cryptocurrency you can invest in. But I did it because it's very inexpensive. And I noticed that it follows the same track as standard Bitcoin. The graphs always look identical almost. There's like hardly any variance between the two graphs. So if standard Bitcoin is going up, Dogecoin is going up. The ratio of what you make is just way, 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 way smaller. Well, I got to tell you something, though. I got into Doge as well, and I have 1,300 Dogecoin. Oh, my goodness. You might have the exact same amount as me. And we're up. I'm up $3 on Dogecoin right now. <laughs> I got to check it out. I got to see if I'm up or not. Well, but if anyways, I'm up, you're how about up. you go ahead I mean, and explain to the audience what exactly cryptos are in layman's terms? Yeah. So uh, that's the main thing that uh, we're going to be talking about. The the thing to to kind of keep in mind that cryptocurrencies are are electronic peer to peer currencies, and what that means is that means that there really isn't a a tangible third party or like a middleman to determine what each of those cryptocurrencies really um what basically the value are it just depends on the basically the miners and I'll get into that in a little bit and the the demand for that cryptocurrency yep I'm not gonna lie I'm, I'm a little lost right now because I I, I kind of know the the lingo of cryptocurrencies by not really to that level I know they do have to mine very small portions of what they call bitcoins and every other cryptocurrency is based off of bitcoins, from what I heard. Um, but I, I really don't know uh, that much. Well, that's okay, because I'm going to do my best to kind of thoroughly explain it. But I wanted to get that kind of idea out there, that it's a peer-to-peer currency, which means that it goes from one person to the next person. It doesn't go to a bank or a central government. Okay. So it's decentralized. It's uh, basically so big uh, countries probably don't like this too much because they can't have control over the currency. Maybe, but they don't really have much choice. And how this is all possible is basically because of this very, very complicated technology called blockchain. Blockchain, the best way to kind of explain it is like a ledger, a digital ledger where all the transactions involving virtual currency is stored but here's the genius thing about it is that it's not all stored in one location it's stored in regular people's hard drives all around the globe and that's where this my how did they put it into my hard drive how does how does this get into my hard drive who's jumping into my hard drive and putting bitcoins in there well okay you know what karen calm down no one is jumping (laughs) into your hard drive and putting Bitcoin in there. And if they were, you'd probably like it because it's worth a lot of money right now. I prefer Babushka over Karen. <laughs> Can you please call me a Babushka over Karen, please? <laughs> a Babushka. <laughs> what the heck? Um, but I, Babushka, it could be in a Babushka. And, <laughs> and understand that this is something that you voluntarily want to do. And you do this by being a, a, a either a part of the blockchain, which you could sign up for, um, and you can also do it by being a miner. And again, I'm not going to quite get into mining yet, but I am going to explain it, okay? I do have a question. Uh, hello, hello, Babushka here. 
question. Uh, what is there Bitcoin right now on my hard drive or a piece of one? Could I find it if I mined hard enough? No, no. You have to have a, a mining software. Now, technically, anyone can get a mining software. You could download it off of your web and start down basically mining Bitcoin. However, your computer wouldn't be able to handle the sure will it takes because, like I said, Bitcoin mining is not actually mining in dirt for Bitcoin. It's solving complicated uh, mathematical equations to get a portion of a Bitcoin. That's what that's what it means. Okay. So okay, so so basically, somebody sent some information, and it's solving the equation to gather that information. Well, I, uh, that's basically how the blockchain works: is that people are rewarded for being a part of the blockchain by mining for the Bitcoin. But essentially, all they're doing is they are actually part of the blockchain. So they're given all these transactions and if they do enough transactions and they mine enough transactions and they basically solve these complicated equations that go with these transactions they're rewarded a portion of a bitcoin i see i see so it's basically paying people My, miners are basically just slaves to the hard drives and the in the computers and solving complicated equations and then they get paid it's basically the payment to the miners yeah, but I I don't think that the slave slave is the right term because it, it's just a computer and no one needs to be near it and you can let it run for eight to seven hours a day. Actually, you just let them run twenty four seven, and and they don't mine a lot of Bitcoin or or cryptocurrency at the same time. It's it's little tiny portions of it. My my question is who who out there like after let's say I saw forty thousand calculations i'm a computer actually in this case not babushka anymore but basically i saw these forty thousand equation who out there says okay this guy can have a one-fifth of a bitcoin now like who says that it's 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 not really anything it's a predetermined random amount you know and that's how the block that's how all the blockchain transactions are verified is that these cryptocurrencies who are basically people with high-powered computers are competing against other people with high-powered computers to solve complex math equations. And these equations basically are the product of an encryption designed to protect the transaction data on the digital ledger. The first miner to solve these equations and then in the process of verifying those transactions on the ledger gets a reward which is a block reward, which is a portion of a cryptocurrency. So in turn, okay, I'll, I'll explain it in, in real, real monkey terms. Monkey wants to get Bitcoin. So monkey buys big computer that can solve complicated math problems. Then monkey signs up to be a cryptocurrency miner. And if Monkey's computer is the first to solve and verify a transaction, Monkey gets part of a, a Bitcoin or a cryptocurrency. Okay, so basically it's just somebody out there needs things encrypted, so they pay people to encrypt things. I, I'm still yeah. kind of following no, no, it. That's the best way of looking at it. Okay. That's the best way of looking at it because if we go into too much more detail, it's going to be overcomplicated. Mm -hmm. But essentially... People are getting paid to verify transactions. 
No one knows what these transactions are because they are Bitcoin transactions. You can't track them. Mm -hmm. But someone is getting paid lots of money if you have a lot of of cryptocurrencies. And it takes a lot of energy, a lot of energy, more energy than really people should be using. Like it's actually detrimental to the to the environment, which I'll get into in a little bit. But to kind of finish up on the cryptocurrency, um, essentially, the way that you would get into cryptocurrency is you could use uh, any cryptocurrency app um, or a website called Coinbase or Robinhood or Cash App or really any mainstream stock trading app now. And you can buy into cryptocurrency. Yeah, I, I use Robinhood. Um, I'm one of those idiots. Uh, I, I'm here today to confess to that. So <laughs> <laughs> please don't hurt me, everybody. I, I am looking for a way out. I'm not really a huge Robinhood fan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Robinhood is kind of a kind of an ass. Uh, just because of what they did with with you know GameStop and stuff, but we're not going to get into that. That brings me on to my next topic. Now that we've kind of fully explained cryptocurrency in the best way possible, and I'll give you a quick recap. Okay, cryptocurrency is peer to peer virtual currency. It is monitored by miners who compete to verify transactions to get paid, and then you can purchase and be part of cryptocurrency on a number of apps. I think that's pretty well-rounded uh is there some kind of website if somebody didn't really understand it that they can go to that you recommend yeah i really like how the motley fool uh, explains cryptocurrency um i use them a lot just for stock research um and they also did something on cryptocurrencies and i'll make sure i link that in our facebook group so if you're a first-time listener and you're wondering how you can get these articles that i maybe look for for my inspiration Go ahead and join our Facebook group called the Bill Plate Podcast. That's very helpful. Yeah, that's a good synopsis. All right, what what's next on the list of things to talk about? I heard it has to do with uh, potentially NFTs. It is about NFTs, and this is basically because you texted me earlier in the week, and you're like, "Hey, NFTs, bad for the environment. Go talk about it." Yep, I did do that because I watched a YouTube video. And by the way, guys, I'm a huge YouTube fan. I watch more YouTube probably than any babushka in Russia. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, back back to uh, what I was saying is, yeah, I texted Ash because I watched this YouTuber known as Ten Hundred. He's this, this artist, real cool hip artist guy. Makes really cool paintings. Been around the world, done paintings everywhere from Germany to Paris. London, Seattle, actually from Michigan, Michigan guy. Uh, don't know him personally, but he actually was going to partake in NFTs and Asher's going to share with you guys uh, what those are. But he decided not to because of the environmental impact of NFTs. And uh, Asher, I'm sure you can give us some of the goods and if there is or and the bads of NFTs. Well, I think that NFTs are stupid. Okay, I'm just going to put that oh. up there. Oh, wow. And I, you know, when I say something stupid, I start to get kind of riled up, so I'm going to tone myself down. But NFTs are also known as non-fungible tokens. Okay? Fungible. What a weird word. Yeah, because there's nothing <laughs> fun about it. So, basic... Sounds like mushrooms. Yeah, it, yeah fun, a fungi. Fungi. <laughs> hey, jinx. Yeah. Non, 
<laughs> non-fungi uh, tokens. Man, those are some good fungis. I bet you get you go on a crazy trip with non-fungi tokens. Uh, but funny. it's a cryptocurrency. Anyway, sorry for interrupting. No, it's fine. It's a cryptocurrency. But it's it's a little bit more. It's it's basically in the art world what an NFT is is it's basically like the digital original. You know what I'm saying? And yep. and it's let's say and to, for an example, let's say you created a digital artwork of uh, not a really an artwork but a document for one of your uh, designs you do on your Etsy and you put a token on it okay all right and then you and you said you put this up on your Etsy shot and you said this is the digital original of this and it's sixty thousand dollars if you want it it will be yours okay and and how I make sure that it's a digital uh, original is that I Connect it to a blockchain network. Correct. Yes, just like cryptocurrency. But here's why it's different than blockchain, uh, different than like a cryptocurrency, is that a cryptocurrency has some sort of value that is tangible in the long term. An NFT, let's say I buy your document, it doesn't mean that I have the sole document. They could still be replicated and used. It's the stupidest thing ever. Couldn't I also sell another one and... For sixty thousand dollars again, um, and then somebody could basically just buy that one and have yeah. rights to it as well. Yeah, it's stupid. And and by the way, anyone can make anything out of a non fungible. People are going back and they're like non fungible, like making like President Biden's tweets. They're making them non fungible. Wow. Like they just put a token at the end of them with a blockchain and secure it. Anyone could see that tweet. Anyone could do the same thing. Did you know, and I heard this also recently on the Reddit, that Elon Musk, our boy Musky Elon, he and his wife is Grimes. She actually made a lot of money off of NFTs over the last couple of weeks by selling videos of herself. What? Not, not bad videos, I don't think. Like videos of her talking. What? It's that stupid. I bet I could go on YouTube and see those exact same videos. Yeah, and that's actually very another point is that Logan Paul actually sold segments of his YouTube videos as NFTs, and he made fifteen thousand dollars on some of them. He also made a Pokemon card replica for himself as like in digital form, and he sold that as an NFT. So these people are getting creative. And I guess if you're an artist, and this would be more of the, the benefit to it, you can, I guess, uh, spur uh, enthusiasm about your art with NFTs. But <clears throat> at the end of the day, there's a big, big elephant in the room. And 1000 mentioned it, the guy I was watching on YouTube. He said it was environmental impact. Did you, by any chance, look up why it's such a big environmental impact? Yeah. So um, right now, Bitcoin mining alone generates about 37 million tons of CO2 every year. And that's a crap ton for just mining something that doesn't physically exist. NFTs are pegged. Wow. Yeah, NFCs are pegged to be, if not more, within the next year. So it is absolutely crazy. And so in terms of being detrimental to the universe, I'm not the universe, Earth, um, these things are just not worth it. 
It, it doesn't make sense to me. They Cryptocurrency almost doesn't make sense to me. But NFTs, which are destroying our beautiful earth for digital art that can be reproduced anyways, to me, is really stupid. But I might not see it. Yeah, well, I, I'm not a professional at, and I have not done 100% uh, research on it enough to stand on one leg about it. But I do know that somebody has pointed out that it's about 37 uh, million tons for like 300 NFTs to be released and, and, and uh, I guess certified in the system. So uh, that's CO2 energy. That's just, I, I'm not really good at all this environmental stuff. I really don't care about it generally, but when it's that much for just artwork, it kind of makes no sense to me. And that's why I was like, are they good? Are they bad? But again, I, I don't have any leg to stand. I haven't done that much research. And we are by no means this hippie podcast that is going to beat you over the head for shipping something with cardboard. You know? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to sum it up. I don't think we need NFTs. They, you know, we don't benefit benefit from NFTs. The only value that we would get from an NFT is the ability to truthfully say, I own this NFT and not hold any significance. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's some things out there that NFTs are good for. I just haven't seen it yet. Okay. Anyways, moving on to really kind of wrap up what I want to talk about. And I'm just going to kind of touch on this. And this is um, using artificial intelligence to generate 3D holograms in real time on a smartphone. So, Wow. Holy moly. That was a mouthful. Uh, and <laughs> took took me honestly by surprise. 3D holograms using a smartphone using AI. I mean, what what kind of mouthful is that from a tech standpoint? I mean, you can't have any. I mean, I guess if you would have put like uh, aliens in there or something, maybe, <laughs> or space, maybe it could have been cooler. Like alien AI using 3D to make holograms. Would have been even cooler, but wow, this is a mouthful. I'm engaged. Let's see what this is all about. I mean, to put it down into very, very you know, basic terms, you may in the future have the ability to generate holograms in real time with real objects. So you might be able to actually create that hologram of a person like they do in Star Wars, Star Wars and, and it's like a 3D phone call kind of wow so it's coming it's coming the revolution is coming yep. it's coming star wars is going to be here and and it's it's basically you know 3d 3d holographs have been around for the for a while they were actually first developed in the 1900s and what was great about them is they were recorded optically so they basically had like light coming through with uh some mirrors and so on and, and basically manipulating the light to create a hologram like a prism almost, just uh, yeah. the light was manipulated differently. And the reason why I mentioned prism, for all you Pink Floyd fans out there, I mean, come on, their greatest album cover had a prism on it, splitting the light into different wavelengths to make a rainbow. Pink Floyd. Wow. Yeah, just, I mean, it's... Uh, shout out to them. We're not sponsored by Pink, but we should be after that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but... Me neither. Is their greatest rock... Is there one you of the greatest what? rock bands of all time? Okay. Hands down. Okay. Um, I, I will retain my opinion on that, but moving on, because we're talking about 
holograms and not pink. Uh, but after the 1900s, with the introduction of computers, computers could like do this basically optical uh, illusion kind of with a program, right? Well, at M mm -hmm. MIT, they use this thing called deep learning to essentially accelerate computer-generated holographs. And, and that's where the AI comes correct. in, right? Because deep learning is AI. They created a deep learning system to basically teach itself physics. Once it taught right. itself physics, it could then produce these holographs. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know what deep learning is, it essentially boils down to this. You show a computer a million pictures of a cat, right? And then you show it a million pictures of a dog. And you tell the computer, these are cats and these are dogs. Then the computer's going to learn what a cat is and what a dog is because it's seen a million different pictures of each. That's essentially what deep learning is and how AI, what AI is nowadays. Uh, so you don't have to be that scared of AI because the humans are inputting all of the information into the computer so the computer can be smart at this point. Yeah, I, I like that explanation perfectly. I honestly couldn't have done a better explanation. Wow, are you becoming the tech guy? What has happened? <laughs> this is I, I think that we needed to switch. We need to switch for, for this week. I don't think so. Anyways, what, what is going on with this? Is this another school? MIT is is this another school story? You always come to us with the school story. Yeah, it's M it's MIT. It's MIT that's doing this. Um and, and, and they have created uh these holographs that, you know, after giving uh, you know, the computer's 4,000 generated objects of holograms, just like you said, deep learning. Each is matched with a picture, including color and depth information down to its exact pixel. And then after a while, the computer starts to recognize. And so then you can give these actual co computer or AI system any object, and it's going to produce a holographic shape for it. So... This is fantastic. Wow, that's awesome. And that is basically that the is story. Awesome. I wanted to mention that. Wait, 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 wait. You mentioned that you could do this on your smartphone. Yes. And I didn't hear anything in explanation about that. Is there an app they're generating, or, or how is it going to work on your smartphone? They didn't say anything about that, but they're saying that it's going to require less than one megabyte of memory, which means that that's something that you can use on your cell phone for sure because – you know, you have gigabytes on your phone, and one megabyte, even if you look at your iPhone, is nothing. So, potentially an app. Um, I see an app coming forward. I see this being used in virtual reality a lot. Um, and, I, you know, I try to bring some sort of exciting thing every single week that we have to look forward to in the future. And this is one of them. I can't wait. So, so is, is uh, Android or, or Google going to come out with a phone now with uh, hologram capability? Is that something we can see in the future? Is that why they're getting us used to all these lenses and shit on the back of phones? Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. Thanks for those tech overview insights, whatever you want to call them nowadays. I have a few things to talk about as well. And the first thing I would like to talk about is what tools you should have as an entry-level 3D printer. Let's say you have one 3D printer in your house or your garage. Mm -hmm. Some of the key essential tools will be covered today. Okay. So I'm going to, I actually have them all here, Asher, and I'm going to hold them up and let you know kind of what they're used for. I'm going to split this into two parts. One is going to be like heavy mechanical tools, mm -hmm. uh, actual like 
tools that, you know, like hammer is a mechanical tool. And then we're going to have chemical tools. And uh, that's going to be pretty much it. Perfect. And the last category, I guess, will be like maybe a hybrid uh, chemical uh, mechanical tool. But the absolute first thing I recommend if you're going to get into 3D printing is a set of calipers. These bad boys tell you what the dimension is of a certain thing. So I have a set of calipers from Harbor Freight. <laughs> oh, Harbor, you know, you can't go wrong with Harbor Freight. It might be cheap, but it's you know quick what? and easy. I picked these bad boys at Harbor Freight for 15 bucks, I think, and I may have overpaid. But <laughs> they're digital, and I have not had an issue with them. I can measure anything with these calipers. And it actually has functionality to go from millimeters to inches. And I have an on-off switch and the zero button. It really doesn't get any better than that. Harbor Freight calipers, absolute number one essential tool for your toolkit. All right, next up is this lovely pair of pliers. You should always have on you or near you a pair of needle nose pliers. Hey, is and that because they have a not... needle nose? Why do they call needle nose? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's why they're called needle noses because they have a pointy nose. That's what they're called. Needle noses have pointy nose. That's needle nose pliers. Remember, they got the pointy nose. Anyways, these bad boys are used for more than one function. I used these early on before I got another tool that I'll talk about it in a bit here to cut the filament so that it was at the correct angle when I was feeding it into my machine. I also use these bad boys more, though, for cleaning supports off of prints, for pulling supports off, kind of like a dentist pulls out teeth. Mm -hmm. That's for you because I know you're going, you want to be a dentist. I said that for you, Asher. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, that. so we got, now we have calibers and needle nose pliers. The next mechanical tool I would like to talk about is what's called as a flush cutter set of pliers. You notice that on the bottom here, Asher? Yeah. These pliers, they are flush. They have a very flat bottom. Yeah. This allows you to get underneath and, and start to remove the print if you need to. Okay. Uh, from the from the build plate. Um, I don't need to use these a lot anymore. What I use these for now, because they have such a sharp, uh, I guess you'd call that, mouth, mm -hmm. they, they clamp the filament. And I use these to cut filament now versus the needle nose pliers. Okay. The next tool that I would recommend is something that I got for free when I ordered my Capricorn film, uh, PTFE tubing. And it is this PTFE, PTFE tube cutter. And basically, this is an X-Acto blade that is in this special, very simply designed clamp. And it helps you to cut the tubes that the filament goes into at a very precise angle so that it's very... Uh, it looks kind straight. of barbaric, but it angry. also kind of looks, you know what it reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of like a shark tooth holder, you know? It looks like right. a clamp with or a shark a tooth. Pin. Yeah, or a clothespin, yeah. That, that's with a better a, example. With an X-Acto blade, yeah. blade in front of it. So this uh, clothespin with the X-Acto blade essentially cuts PTFE tubing. And that, for the, those of you who don't know, is what the filament goes into. And that is, I've used this actually three or four times so far. That's cool. The second most important tool I will point out today in terms of mechanical tools is the Allen wrench. You should have a full set of both metric and English Allen wrenches. 
these bad boys, if your machine goes down, mm-hmm. most 3D printers come with them. But if they don't, you need to grab yourself a nice set of Allen wrenches so you can take your machine apart and troubleshoot. And, and these are imperable, absolutely necessity to have when you have a Do you think they were home. named Allen wrench after a guy named Allen? I don't know, but I heard it could be true, and he was quite a bit of a wrench. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. The next item I have here is tape. And there's actually three types of tapes you should have as a 3D printer. You should have packaging tape. <clears throat> and that's because you should use that to package your prints up and send them to people. The next tape you should have is regular scotch tape. Scotch tape is also used when I send things to people i use it for packaging it sounds like you send a lot of things to people yes i do and the absolute most important tape if you want to really be that number one 3d printer is packaging tape i'm not sorry sorry not (laughs) packaging tape i already said that uh painter's tape scotch blues blue painter tape and this actually if you have trouble getting something to stick to your print bed you can use this tape as an adhesion aid You just stick it on your print bed, and most PLA will stick to this very, very well, and you will reduce warping. It's actually a very great trick that I learned very early on is to use pack, uh, not packaging tape. What the hell is with packaging tape? Is to use painter's tape to aid in uh, the adhesion for small prints that have a tough time sticking to your build plate. Interesting. Okay, so that kind of, so if you guys are following along still, you notice that this packaging tape that I'm showing here and the tapes are kind of a hybrid between chemical and mechanical tool. So the next item I would like to talk about that also is in this hybrid category is a nice LED light. You should definitely have a way to light up your build plate or your 3D printer. So I went to the home store and I bought this LED light. They're USB chargeable and these bad boys, when I can't see something, I just let them see they have magnets on them. I clip them right to my machine, turn them on, and it lights the thing up like a stadium in in the middle of summer, baseball stadium. It's amazing. I can see everything with these LED lights. So absolutely something you should have is a nice way to light up your 3D printer. Hmm. I think I need a couple of those to light up my life. <laughs> I'm, oh, just, I'm, I'm just sorry. kidding. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. Just baby, you light up yes, my life. That's like how it's getting nobody at. Else. <laughs> Anyways, the next hybrid tool that I'm going to talk about is a USB stick. You must have a USB stick, USB drive, or at least a micro USB. Because for those times that you cannot connect to your printer with Octoprint or a Raspberry Pi, you might have to do it physically. And this is where you must have a USB stick. Okay. Must have I think that covers... Yeah, you must have it. I think that covers all of the hybrid tools. Now let's move into chemical tools. And I warn my listeners now, please plug your ears because I'm going to introduce this one with a little bit of sound. Ooh. Okay, did you hear that? Yeah, I almost blew out my eardrums. Okay, sorry about that, listeners. Let's do it again. (laughs) What could that be? Uh, And he does it again after I say it almost (laughs) blew out my (laughs) eardrum. This, this is air duster. This is air duster. This is the number one tool after the Allen wrench and the calipers that you must have. Air duster will help you to clean your print surface, your printer. It blows the dust away. You clean out your cooling fans with this. 
air duster is absolutely essential when it comes to uh, having a clean and orderly area for your printing. And I have a funny story about air duster. I one time went, and I may have brought this up before on the podcast, I can't remember, but if I didn't, maybe nobody listened to that episode. I went to the store one time to buy air duster and a roll filament, and I was in line, and there was a guy behind me with air duster and filament as well. It's like the 3D printer essential thing that you have to buy if you go buy filament from the from the filament store. You must get air duster. You have to. Air duster. I, that's it's, the story? It's a super... Wait, wait, I had to back up. Sorry, that's the story. That there was another guy in line who also had air duster. <laughs> yeah, and he had a roll of filament, though. Like, our, our package for what we were going to pay for was identical. Okay. And I looked at him, and I said, I know what you're doing, man. You're 3D printing. And apparently Gina, Gina actually pointed him out to me. Uh, so... So you didn't even so him. you didn't even notice him. This story is absolute trash. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. Okay, moving on at another at a fast rate. We're gonna talk about the next chemical tool that you must have. And Asher, can you guess what's in this spray bottle? It looks like oh, uh, so for our listeners, it looks like a clear spray bottle with a traditional Windex uh, sprayer head on it. Uh, yep. It looks like there's a little bit of fluid in the end of it. I'm going to say this is a water spray bottle. You are absolutely wrong. This is isopropyl alcohol. You should always have this to clean off oh, your build plate. Oh, okay. This is absolutely essential. <laughs> Man, I, I was definitely <laughs> off. I said guess water and it was alcohol. Right. It's uh, it's isopropyl alcohol. Very important if you want to have a super clean work uh, workspace. And especially for cleaning off prints, if you use a glue stick for an adhesion aid, and if you want to keep your build plate nice and clean so that PLA will stick to it if you're not using tape. So that's the next item, isopropyl alcohol. At least use above 70%. If you get up to the 90%, that's really good, but 70% will work, and you can get that at most pharmacies. Okay, the next chemical item that I will talk about is... PVA glue stick. You've talked about this before. Yeah, you talked about this before. Absolutely essential for getting prints to stick at uh, if you can't get them to stick any other way. Can you notice uh, what that looks like for our listeners? Where have you seen this before? Asher? I've seen this hmm? in a – well, I didn't go to school, but I would expect this to be in like a school classroom. That's absolutely right. This is just a standard Elmer's glue stick. And when I take the cap off, tell our listeners what you see. What color uh, is that? That's purple. Yeah, it's the purple stuff that dries clear. That's what I use. <laughs> <laughs> you are too enthusiastic about the color of the glue. Hey, well, what color of glue? Oh, it's purple, and it dries clear. Okay, okay. That is absolutely essential, though, for an adhesion aid. If the tape doesn't work, if the cleaning the build plate with the isopropyl alcohol, if... If, if that doesn't work, then whip out this glue stick because that will work. Let me tell you, I've never had a failed print when I use PVA glue stick. Never. The next chemical. Wait, wait, wait. You've never, never had a failed print. Well, a print that failed due to lack of adhesion, okay? Okay, the next essential chemical tool is super glue. This is used for gluing your prints together after you're done making them. Or let's say a print falls apart. You just use this stuff. 
And man, it holds that stuff together very well. One side note about super glue, be very careful about how much you put on. If you put on too much, it will leave something called uh, whitening. And, and basically, it, the super glue dries and it leaves a white spot on your print. So if it's a functional print and you don't care about appearance, then no big deal. But if you do care about appearance, that's when you have to worry about it. Be very careful. There's other glues you can use, and I can do touch on that later. We're talking about tools right now. Tools, 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 baby. All right, the next tool that is absolutely essential, it is a dart tip. This is the number one tool I use to remove supports. You see that tip? It's a tungsten tip, and it helps to just squeeze in there, and then you pry down, it pops off the support material like nothing. This is an insider tip that if you listen to this podcast and you're into 3D printing, get yourself a nice dart tip. It will help you remove difficult supports like no other. All right, I think we covered a lot of tools today. Um, but there's one more. There is, there's one more, and that is hairspray. And this is another way to get prints to stick to your bed. If you do not have a glue stick and maybe you have some hairspray in your cupboard or in your cupboard, like, in the bathroom, you know, if you have hairspray, grab that hairspray, spray it on your bill plate, and try printing on top of that. I guarantee that print's going to stick if it's, if it's uh, PLA. All right, so that's all the tools that I have for beginners. I'm just going to run through them really quick, summarize them, and Asher, I'm, I'm going to need your help here. I'm going to hold it up, and you're going to say what it is, and we're going to go through it real quick, all right? Okay, okay, ready? Uh, uh, calipers. Okay. Uh, needle nose. Uh, flat flange cutters. Flush cutters. Flush cutters. Uh, Close line tooth cutter. Yes, PTFE tube cutters. Uh, uh, dart tip, tungsten tip. Yes. Uh, LED light. Yes, LED light. Uh, packaging tape. Yes, and we also have blue tape and scotch tape. Uh, air duster. Yes, air duster. <laughs> uh, isopropyl. Yes, alcohol. isopropyl alcohol. Ruby's joining us. And super glue. Yes, and a USB stick. Very essential. Yes. All right. We are done with the tool section of this discussion. I hope everybody got a little bit something out of that. That to me is if you're. I mean, I did. I felt like I was in school. <laughs> So. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. Ruby also is loving this. All right. So the next topic I have to discuss today is something that I posted on the Facebook group. It is this blue shell. Whoa, that looks so cool. It looks, It's a little smaller than I expected. Yes. So I posted this picture of blue shell from the Mario Kart series, and it looks pretty good. It's the first iteration. I'm definitely making changes to it. <clears throat> Some things I didn't like about this is that on the actual version... Uh, the spikes were a little bit differently oriented. But overall, the people know what this is. And I said, hey, in the podcast, I'm going to reveal a secret that's inside of here. Do you have any idea what could be inside of here? Um, maybe it's like a, a coin bank. Incorrect. So let me open it and show you. Bam. Bam. It holds Switch games. What? That's so cool. 
That's awesome. Yep. So this is a Switch game holder. Blue shell. This is something that my friend Justin and Gina, we were and and Brittany, we were all out to breakfast and we came up with this idea. It was a while ago, but finally I've been able to get at least the first iteration done. And you can see it holds one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It holds ten switch games inside of it. So it's a switch game holder. It looks actually a lot better than I thought it would. But we're not done with it. Another iteration is to come, and eventually it will be put up on the Etsy page. But it's it's a slow process for this one. I want to make it good. Of course. Uh, I just saw it uh, for the first time. Well, not the first time, the second time. But if you are a first-time listener and you want to see what we're talking about, go ahead and go to our Facebook page or our Facebook group. It's called the Build Plate Podcast. We'd love to have you there. Um, and Rainer, actually, he posts pretty much weekly um, new iterations and new designs. And so if you are a wannabe or a new 3D printer, we're the podcast for you and we're the group for you because we's always, he's always got a project going on. Awesome. Thanks, Asher, for that summary. I believe it's now time for the much-anticipated brain teaser. I am thrilled for this this episode's uh, brain teaser because I heard that it's oh, great. You it told is me it's a good, good one. one. Here it is. I'm going to say it in my best accent. Howdy, mate. Oh, here comes the accent. <laughs> oh, jeez. What makes Europe the frying pan? Okay, that is what makes Europe a frying pan. <laughs> and again... That's what makes Europe a frying pan. Wow. I uh, freaking love that brain teaser. That sounds very cheesy. (laughs) I can't wait to learn about the answer. I know, man. Thank you so much for giving that to us. I'm sure that our listeners will also find love in that one. And I hope that oh if they my God. actually figure it out. Are you Rob Cowboy mentioning love like that again? <laughs> oh, oh th- I'm not Rom Com Boy. You're Rom Com Boy. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, thanks everybody for listening to our 10th episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. With further, Without further ado, we're going to end it. Thanks a lot. This podcast has been produced and edited by Asher and Rainer Brown.